What's up? Welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermon for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. I'm not going to be long this morning. I'm going to just actually encourage you and lift your spirit a bit. and Because uh, it's this time of the year that everything gets a bit tough and everyone gets tired and the year can end now, isn't it? Ah, oh, come on, speak the truth. Yeah. You can smile, but I know your thoughts. The Bible says Jesus discerned the thoughts of the people. He knew what they were thinking. And uh, sometimes it's just this place. And I want to remind you actually just one or two things of, of really... Um, you know, how many times when it gets like this, we lose our drive, we lose our momentum. And, and when you look at yourself, you're like, I'm just not happy. I feel that I'm not happy. It's just isn't it? When you just look at things, it's like, I don't feel happy anymore. And we don't understand really why are we not happy or, or should I be happy or not? Or, you know, what's going on, isn't it? Yeah, and we feel like, ah. And I want to ask this question, but what makes you happy? What is happiness? It's going to be quick this morning because it's just going to lift your spirit and just realign you again to what God wants to do. And just, ah, because actually you know this. So me, I'm not revealing something new this morning. I'm just reminding you of what really actually makes you happy. Because what makes you happy? And maybe it's a question. Maybe it's a statement. Maybe it's a promise that I'm going to tell you what's going to make you happy. But, um, you know, some of you can say, but you don't know me, you know, you don't know what I need, so how can you know what makes me happy? But there's nothing new under the sun. The Word knows, because God has designed us, designed us, and, and He knows. And, and the way to tell if you know whether you're, you really know what makes you happy or not is if you keep on trying to be happy, but you're not happy. That means you don't know how to be happy. If you just keep on trying and searching and trying, but, but you're not happy, that means you, you, maybe you don't know how to be happy. And maybe because when we look at magazines or all these pop-up ads on Facebook and on the computer and, and all these things or wherever you go, they just, you know, sometimes present this life or this ideal thing about holidays and traveling and all these things. And, and they give you all these pictures, a promise of how to be happy, isn't it? They just, okay, like on Sampriak, you can preach with me. And maybe all, even in your life you've spent a lot of time and energy or maybe a lot of money and resources trying to make yourself happy, but it's not really working. All right? Yeah, there's confessions as well. <laughs> all right? And that's why I say maybe you just forgot what makes you actually happy because it's difficult to mark actual happiness. How do we mark and say this is actual happiness? You know, we can mark or define a, a quick fix happiness. A quick fix, all right? But, but to mark actual happiness and say this is what happiness is, it's not that, that always that easy. And here's the first reminder. Happiness is about a who, not a what. Happiness is about a who, not a what, all right? We figure this out as small children. When you play in the backyard, it doesn't matter what you have. It's just maddening who you have. If you've got the right bunch of who's together, you could, I mean, you can play with sticks. Doesn't matter what. As long as you have the right bunch of who's, you're happy. Isn't it? That's true, yeah? Come on. So, so as long as we have, and therefore happiness is about, more about the who than the what. Because if happiness was not about the who, if happiness was more about the what, then what's our problem? 
A happy what leads to what? A happy what leads to a happy what next? And what next? What else? Isn't it? Because a happy what is, is like caffeine or sugar. It wears off over time. A happy what is this like that? I mean, you were as excited over your old phone as you were excited over your new phone, isn't it? The problem is, is your new phone is old again. And now you're not happy. Because it's a happy what and it wears off over time. So that, that creates and, 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 and it makes that you're not happy. All right? It's the same with your car, with your job, with people or whatever, some other things. It wears off over time and then you feel like, wow, what's next? What's the next kick or thing that can make me happy or give me that boost? So I want to tell you, if, if you're the point of an aging what, if say this is the phone and, 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 and you want to get the latest new, if, if, if an aging, a thing that can get old, if an aging what, all right, deflates your happiness, you were not happy to begin with. If there's something that, that a what that deflates your happiness, you were not happy to begin with, all right? And maybe this is a sensitive topic, but... But if you as a couple ever struggled with infertility in your life, or maybe some of you are struggling with infertility in your life, you've been at this place in your life. You've been here that it doesn't matter what you wear, what house you have, what car you have, doesn't matter all these things, where you stay or vacations, doesn't matter, isn't it? It doesn't matter because you are in the process of bringing another who, not a what, a who into the family. All right? And it's difficult to maintain a level of happiness when you're struggling with things like this. It's difficult because it's about a who, not a what. So, so just think about it. When, when Natasha and I, before we, before we had kids, we, before you have kids, you don't really love children. All right? You like them, all right? Especially your sister's kids. You don't like them that much. You know, they're nice, but you give them back. All right? But you don't really love them. You don't have any of your own. But what happens is something starts to stir in your heart and, and you want children of your own to love. There's something you have a desire to love, isn't it? And you really love your own much more than other people's, isn't it? You see, at the end of your life, this is what's going to happen. You will have relational. Hey, I'm going to say that again. Relational. Ruda. On Soundman, he's busy taking photos. There's just the one or two clicks. So there's a space on the AV team and on the sound team if you need. We need some engineers. Um, so at the end of your life, you will have relational, not possessional regrets. Come on. You will have relational, not possessional regrets. You're going to make right with a who, not a what. You're not going to say, when, when it's time to go, you're not going to say, honey, bring those shoes. I just need a little bit more of time, you know, with my shoes. You're not going to say that. You're not going to fix something with a what. You're going to fix something with a who. And that's what it makes so important. Happiness is relational in nature. Remember, I'm speaking about happiness. What makes you happy? Happiness is relational in nature. And there's two types of people that can maybe say, but I don't need anybody in my life to be happy. 
The first group is if you're so flooded with relationships, you have so many people and relationships and, and you've never experienced life outside of people, okay? You don't know what it's like to be isolated. So you have so many people and relationships around you that you don't think you need anybody else to be happy because you're already so flooded. It's like someone that has so much food, you never think you're going to be hungry. You're never like, I don't need food, but you never had a lack. So there's so much food that you never get to that place where you think that you actually needed it. So, so you can be so flooded and blessed with, with relational options that you say, but I don't need anybody to make me happy. That's the one extreme. But there's also another group of people who actually are so isolated in their life that they cannot fix their isolation. You are so alone and, and relationally isolated that what you do is you don't know. You don't think that you can fix this. And because you, you, you cannot fix this, what you're saying is that I don't need anybody else. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine, isn't it? I don't need anybody. But what happens with this is actually you are not designed to do life in isolation. It's unhealthy. Ultimately, you are robbing someone of your relationship, of your companionship, of your friendship, of your support. So by the way, this is a very good pickup line, okay? Hey, you're robbing someone, you know, of a relationship, of companionship, of support. You can use this if you want. You see, when we can't get what we want, we tell ourselves, oh, I, don't even, I don't need that. I don't really want that. But it's actually because you are hurt, you, 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 you just say, okay, I'm fine, I'm okay with this. We convince ourselves it's a defense mechanism, isn't it? And we tell ourselves, I don't need this. But God wants to heal you and touch you. Because God says, there's something about happiness, you were designed for that, that I want to do in your life. So here's the thing that every person who is happy has in his life. And it's this. They have peace. Peace. Every person on the inside, one who is happy on the inside, you are fine. You have peace. Spe specifically, happy people have peace. All right? And specifically, happy people are at peace with themselves. They are at peace. Are you at peace with yourself? You see, are you at peace? You're not, you're not warring with yourself. You're not at war with yourself. You're not trying to be something that you're not. You're not pretending to be something that you are not. You're just happy. All right? So one is you are at peace with yourself. The second thing happy people have is they are at peace with other people. Not just yourself. You are at peace with others. You're not angry at somebody. You don't want to get back. All right? Even if you've been mistreated, you're not bitter. Sometimes if you listen to people's stories and what they've went through, and you ask them, but you know, how could you not be better? How could you not, you know, all these things, how? And they're like, we just move on. We forgave. Because we know how to be happy because we have peace with ourselves and we have peace with others. We don't have to have all these things. We don't, we're not trying to get back at somebody. We're not trying to even the score, isn't it? We are happy and we're okay with that. Another thing happy people have is they're not just at peace with themselves and at peace with others. Happy people are at peace with God. That's what happiness is. is to be at peace with your Father. You see, anything that undermines your peace 
ultimately undermines your happiness. It starts when you, when you start losing your peace, it's when you start getting unhappy. But we don't realize it. We think it's the phones and this and that and ah, I'm frustrated and I'm not happy. But actually, you're losing your peace. What did Jesus say? He says, my peace I leave to you. Not the world's peace. My peace. You see, how many of you are at peace with yourselves, others, and with God? Happy people are at peace with God, with themselves, and with others. Amen? You see, one of the things that, that the Christian way or, or, or followers of Christ discovered this is that peace with God paves the way with peace with myself and it equips us to stir or make peace with others. That's what it does. And Jesus comes and he teaches this. So it's not just a motivational talk. Let me, let me put some scripture and reference to this. In the book of Mark, no, Matthew 22, Jesus comes and, and there's one of, a, one of the profound questions that is asked by a lawyer. You see, those guys existed even then. Matthew 22, 35 and 36, he says, And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? So he says this, what is the, no, don't run ahead. Which is the great commandment in the law? You know, he says, but hey, we've got, as Jews, we've got lots of laws. There's over 600 laws, you know. But which one of them do you think is the greatest? Which one of them do you think is God's favorite? All right? What do you think is the most important one? And, and they knew the answer because, because the Jews usually, they have a standard answer for this. All right? They, they have an answer, but they wanted to know Jesus' thoughts. They wanted to know what is his answer. So teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And you see, we don't generally think of commandments and law as anything to do with our happiness, is it? We usually think of commandments and laws as something that gets in the way of our happiness. True? It gets actually in the way. So Jesus, listen to the question. Because when we think about our favorite command or, you know, our favorite or greatest or something, we're going we're gonna to think of don't ever or always or you better start, isn't it? You have to do this or that. And I say, hey, Jesus, since you speak for God, what do you say God think is the greatest law? And Jesus throws a curveball. And he says, hey, love, love, love. He says this, now you can put it on. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And I'm like, sorry, Jesus, I think you misunderstood us. I'm asking which law, you know, which command, like, give me a thou shalt not, you know, thou shalt always. Give me a command, give me a law. And Jesus says, I, I am love. Um, maybe you don't understand the question, Jesus. Give me like do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. And he says, ah, love. But love is not a command, isn't it? Love is like a relational word. It's not a commandment word. It's a, it's a relational word. And Jesus says, yes, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. But that doesn't sound very commanding, does it? It sounds extremely relational. Because to love you, 
I need to be with you. I need to spend time. I need to display my love. And he says, let me tell you about the most important commandment. All right? He says this, the most important commandment is this, peace with God. All right? And Jesus doesn't stop here. He brings the other two things in equation, you know, the two components for our happiness that he needs. He says this, love the Lord your God, ne? with all your heart and your mind and your soul. And he says, this, verse 38, is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. Say like it. It's like it, meaning that it's equal to it. It carries the same weight and responsibility. It means that you cannot do the one without the other. Amen? It's a package deal. It's like a Black Friday special. All right? You shall love your neighbor, others, as yourself. That's what he says. You have to have peace with God. All right? Love the Lord your God. And then others as yourself. Peace with God. Peace with others peace with yourself. You see, you cannot love the Lord if you're not at peace, if you don't stand in the right relationship towards God, isn't it? Come on. So he says, peace with God, peace with others. Why? What is, what is most important, Jesus? Well, love God, have peace with God. Be in restoration in the right relationship. Peace with God, love Him with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Peace with others and peace with with yourself, all right? But Jesus, it, it sounds like you want us to be happy. <laughs> yes, I do. This is at the core of who we are. I want, I want you to be happy. It's not a secondary thing. It's part of our foundation. You see, so God is not in the way. You can get some, some background music. We're going to land this plane. Yo, you're quick on it. Amen. Thank you. Just want to bring some joy in your lives this morning. So God is not in the way of your happiness. God actually provides your happiness. He's the source of your happiness. He's the very essence of that. that that's the thing that, that God actually, to resist God actually then means you resist happiness. To resist God means that you're actually resisting happiness in your life. Can you see why it says, don't go and search and try to find, be happy. And all the things and in the world, there's no happiness in there. Because true happiness is not, not to, to be there somewhere else and having fun. True happiness is to be at peace with God. And then to be at peace with yourself and others. I want to ask you this. Think about the greatest regret in your life the greatest regret in other words you know mostly all of us somehow broke our peace with ourselves others and God in our life before you broke peace with yourself God or others in your life before isn't it and by messing with your peace you mess your happiness you mess up your happiness Jesus invites you to make peace with God to be at peace with others to be at peace with yourself because happiness at the end of the day is about a who, not a what. A who, not a what. So I want to talk about one more thing, then we're done. I want to talk about sin. Sin. Come on, say sin. That's good. 
whatever your definition is of sin, I'm going to just use this as a, a broad definition so that we can be on the same playing field this morning. Sin in a basic form is this. We can define it as what you think other people shouldn't do or what you think you shouldn't do, but sometimes you just do it anyway. Things you think other people should not do or you should not do, but sometimes we just do it. Okay? Falling short of whatever standard you think you need to live on. It's falling short. Now here's what's true of sin. doesn't matter how you define it. Sin separates. Sin separates. That's what it does. It separates us. All right? It separates you from others. It separates you from yourself. It separates you from God. You see, when you bring sin into a relationship, you, you begin to erode that relationship. When you bring sin in a relationship, you, you begin to erode the peace that's within you and the other person. When sin creeps in a relationship, the, the, it begins to erode your happiness. I'm not happy anymore, but why? Something has crept in that separates you because happiness is to be at peace with God, peace with yourself, to be at peace with others. You see, sin separates us from God as well. You see, when you sin against another person, you're actually sinning against God. When you sin against another person, you sin against someone that God loves. And you cannot be okay with God, but not be okay with someone that God loves. You cannot, you cannot do this. You cannot mistreat my children and then be okay with me. You cannot mistreat my children and say, hey, but we're good, eh? we're good. No. You cannot mistreat someone that God loves and then be okay with God. He says, you have to be at peace with God, be at peace with yourself, and be at peace with others. You see, God loves the person you're in conflict with. And when sin creeps into a relationship with someone else, that sin has crept into your relationship with God. That's what happens. And God wants to restore that. You see, sin separates you from God, but sin also separates you from you. Fill in this blank. Who of you have said ever this? If I ever, and then you fill in it, whatever, done this, do this, break this, I will not be able to live with myself. Have you said that? If I do this and whatever your blank is, I will not be able to live with myself. You see, you can have a bad relationship with yourself. And sin separates by substituting because it's the same. Sin comes and tells you that, hey, I want to give you the immediate for the ultimate. I can give you this immediate gratification, this immediate satisfaction. Sin makes a happy promise that sin cannot keep. That's what sin does, all right? Sin is not your friend. Sin wants to destroy. It undermines your happiness. Sin kills the relationship. And this is from the book of James. James 1 verse 14 and 15, and then we're ending off. He says this, But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. 
You know, this is the image. I want to think about this image. He says, when sin is conceived, it's, it's first this cute little sin, isn't it? And we, we treat it nicely and we nurture it and we carry it around and we put it on the car seat and then it's not going to harm anybody. And we carry it around. This little baby sin. He says, but when the sin is full and it's grown, it gives birth to death. It gives birth to death in our lives. And, and all of us, ex- we have experienced this, isn't it? All of us, we have experienced this in our life, allowing a little baby sin to come into our relationships. And then when this full-grown sin, when it gives birth to death, now suddenly you don't know what happened. You get to a place you're like, how did this happen? How did this happen? It's because we allow that little baby sin to come and creep in. And James says, I'm warning you. I'm warning you. When sin becomes part of a relationship, it destroys a relationship. That means that you are not at peace with others, with yourself, or with God. Don't allow sin to come and do that to you. When baby sin becomes full grown, you're not happy. You won't be happy. And then people go and spend seasons of their lives trying to be happy in ways that never makes them happy. And there's an easy way. It's the way where you come to God and say, hey, you see, you were born with the capacity to be happy, to carry the peace and the presence of God. So I'm going to end off. Let's stand together. I want you to just close your eyes and just focus on the Lord because God wants to restore that place of peace and happiness in your life this morning. Since happiness is about a who, not a what. Since happy people are at peace with themselves, others and God. Since sin undermines peace by separating and substituting. Since Jesus comes and He values and He prioritizes and says, this is the greatest command. Love the Lord your God. Be at peace with Him. Be in the right relationship with Him. Be at peace with others like the other. Love your neighbor, others as you love yourself. God wants you to say, I want to be that follower. I want to be in that place where I'm connected, where I'm at peace with you. The Lord is saying, will you lay down your life? Will you follow me? I am your life. See, Colossians 3 says, And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with Him in glory. God has designed you to be happy. But not a happiness that's flaky and fluffy and just for a while. True happiness is a place where you're at peace with God. So if that's you, or maybe there's, there's been a, a relationship, or maybe there's a place where you think you're okay with God, but you're not okay with others. God says you cannot be okay with others, or think you're okay with me, but not okay with others. God wants to restore peace with God, peace with Him, peace with others, and peace with yourself. Why don't you allow the Lord to come and minister to your heart this morning, to restore that? Say, Lord, yes. 
I will take that. I will step into that. Father, I pray that you will just lead us to release bitterness, unforgiveness, sin, all these things that want to steal our unity and our bond with Christ and with others, the body, that you will bring us back into a true harmony and union, that we will not fight with ourselves, fight with others, fight with you, but Father, that we will be at peace, that we will truly come and love the Lord with all of our heart and our mind and our soul. Love others and love ourselves. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will just wash us this morning. In this week, remind us to work and say, my peace I gave you, that we will receive your peace and we will walk in this way. And then truly we will be happy because we are grounded and founded in the King of Kings. We just love you. We honor you. And we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And we come on, just give God glory. Just give God a praise. We love you, Father. We honor you and we praise you. Amen. We're going to be done. And uh, we want to bless you as you go this week. One more thing. Len stands here and they reminded me. Um, next year, we are planning many great things for next year and to activate you and do things. I believe that exactly what Tasha said, that there's going to be a quickening. There's going to be just a mobilization and an expansion. But there's one course that we would like to present to you, but it's unfortunately only available in Afrikaans. So if you are blessed with the talent of translating or speaking tongues and all those things, we want you. All right? We, we, we have a bit of work to do. We want you to assist us to translate that course. All right? So it's going to be from Afrikaans to English so that we can present it. Um, and uh, please come and speak to us then. If you have gear, maybe you know of something like a fancy dictator that can do all those things that we don't know about, please come and speak to us. So if there's any way you can help, we would like to help or do that or help type and we can trans transcribe, we would love for you to be part of that and help and assist us. So just come. Can they come and speak to you, Glenn? Guys, that's Glenn. You know who's Glenn. So thank you. Go and speak to him. He's got all the material ready. We just need to start get working on that. So thank you so much. We love you. We bless you. And go in the favor of, of God and the favor of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, knowing that he loves you, that he will lead you towards God always. And know that God has great things in store for you. Amen. We love you and we bless you. Enjoy this week and know that God favors you. Amen. 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 Give glory and praise. If anyone needs ministry, we would love to minister. We will pray with you. Otherwise, go and fellowship. There's some coffee and tea and be blessed and enjoy the day. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function. So let's build.